Let us pray. We bow this morning before you, the Lord, the God of heaven and earth. And Lord, you know I always start almost all my prayers like this. Because I also need, need to be reminded who this God is that I'm calling upon now. That you are a God that created the heavens and the earth. That you are the God who created everything that we see when we look up in the sky. That you are the God who created our galaxy and placed our small blue planet on an arm where it's just far away, far enough away from the sun that we can have life and the moon to provide for us what we need. And the Bible tells me you made it with your fingers. Who are you? David said that you can be mindful of us in Psalm 8. And you are. You are not only mindful of us, you know us, know us by name. All of us here, online or, or sitting in this, in this building. You know where we come from. If it's up north, there where it's cold, or here in Florida. You know what we text. You know our emails. You know what we watch when we get bored on a bus or on a plane. You know everything about us. And you do this because you care for us. Because you want to be a part of our life story. We thank you for this. Thank you for not leaving us on this planet by ourselves. We have messed it up big time, but you still come and reach out and say, I'm here to help you. Thank you for guiding us through the troubles of this world, through your word and spirit. And today I ask that you will use the words I need to share to help us on this journey that we all face. We ask this in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Mother, love is the fuel that enables a normal human being to do the impossible. That's the mother's love, isn't it? You know, our image of a mother is that she's cuddling her baby and she's holding him or her tight against her, her body. And you look in her eye, you can see this one passion, and that's for this child to protect and to provide. Provide nutrition and all the other things that their baby, her baby needs, and then also to protect this child. If you want to see a mom angry, you try to do any harm to her child. That's what mothers do. And dads also. They also are a part of this process, but in the beginning I would say it's mostly the mother that needs to take this role, take it on. But mothers are also the first ones that um, need to tell their children no. Part of this protection and provision means that you need to direct your child, and it doesn't really end. You know, it starts with a little one, and then as we grow older, you know, our parents and our mothers continue to say no. And I had the fear of life for my mom in my, in my body. She would take that spoon, you know, and I would know, hey, hey, hey. You know, and isn't it true our mothers taught us logic? Because she said... Because I said so, that's why. She taught me about medicine. She said, if you keep on crossing your eyes like this, it will stay that way. And she taught me about time travel. She said, if you don't behave now, I will knock you to the, to the middle of next week. And my mother taught me something about intuition. She said, I know it's going to get cold. You will wear your sweater or your jersey now. She taught me about humor. She said, when the lawnmower cut off your toes, don't come running to me. And she taught me something about religion. She said, you must pray that this mess come out of this carpet. <laughs> and something about osmosis. 
Keep your mouth shut and eat your food. I don't know how that works, but you had to try. <laughs> and something about anticipation. That's true for my life. Wait until your dad comes home. And then justice. One day you will have kids. And I hope they turn out right just like you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So why do mothers do this? They do this because they want to provide and protect their children. That's what dads also will do. Because we have this passion to help our kids on their way. I'm continuing with my series on Joshua, and as I said last week, this is sort of the second part of the first part. So uh, we had a very long week. It was a commercial break week that we had between the one and the second part. So let's just continue. Last week we heard that Israel's story is actually God's story. You know, it's not only a history lesson about what happened with Israel we find in the book of Joshua, but we find that God was very involved in their lives, as in your life and my life. Your story is not only your story, it's his story. It's the story of God as he continues with his work in this world. We discovered that Joshua was very uncertain at some point. He had a difficult task. He had to please God. He had to take, walk in the footsteps of Moses. And then the other problem is he had this nation that were really not cooperating in many ways. They were really a difficult lot to deal with. So Joshua sort of looked at this, at this next challenge to move into the promised place and he felt really sort of overwhelmed. And then the Lord came and he said, I'm with you. You are not alone. That was the promise that you and I heard last week, that life is not easy, that sometimes we deal with very difficult people in our life. We try to please God and we do not always know how to do all of this. And the living Lord comes and says, I've got you. I've got you. But there's a second part of the sermon that I need to share with you today. Be strong and courageous, the Lord said to Joshua, for I shall put this people in possession of the land I swore to their ancestors to give to them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to act in accordance with all the law that my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left hand so that you may be successful wherever you go. The book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You shall meditate on it day or night that you may be careful to act in accordance with all that is written in it. For, you, for then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall be successful. I hereby command you, be strong, courageous, do not be frightened or dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. To Reubenites and the Gadites and half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, Remember the word of Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, the Lord your God is providing you a place of rest and will give you this land. They answered, all that you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Let me just go back for a moment. You know, a lot of people think about God in a very strange way. They think about God as this huge judge that sits in heaven and stares down on us and just waits for us to do something wrong. It's like a sheriff next to a freeway. You know, he sits there, and what does he wait for? He waits for a guy that speeds or drives carelessly. And then he goes out and catches this, this, this person. Turns on his blue, blue and red lights, and then you get this, that feeling in your heart when you see those behind you. 
And for a lot of people, this is a bit how they think about God, that God just sits and waits for us to do something wrong, and then He will come and He will punish us in some way, shape, or form. Especially the God of the Old Testament. A lot of people think that's actually how God was in the Old Testament, but what we find is if you page the Old Testament, you find that God, not only in the New Testament, but in the Old Testament, tried to remind us, I'm just but a parent. And that's why I've got these verses here. I myself said, how gladly would I treat you like my children and give you a pleasant land, the most beautiful inheritance of any nation. I thought you would call me father and not turn away from following me. Jeremiah. Can a woman forget her nursing child that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these they may forget, but I will not forget you. Isaiah. As one, one whose mother comforts, so I will comfort you. Isaiah. How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under wings? Matthew. God takes on the role of a parent for us, for Israel. Now he comes to Joshua. He says, hey, Joshua, be careful. Be careful. Because this road is going to be very difficult, and I'm going to ask of you a few things. The most scary thing for a parent is when your children take the car keys and they're going to drive away from your house for the first time on their own with you not present in the car. Do you remember that day? You don't stop praying. That's the day I think all, par all parents start to pray because, you know, you've always been with your child in that car and now your car take child takes the keys and you know, oh, they're going to, freedom, there I go. And what is my prayer? My prayer is, may my child remember the things that I've told him or her. May they apply the rules of the road. There's a reason why the guys came up with driving on the right-hand side of the road, stopping at the red light at the stop street, all of these things. There's a reason why they've got all of these rules. That's your prayer. That your child will actually understand that these things are of extreme importance. The living Lord is saying to Joshua, and He's saying to you and me sitting in this church, you are going to do some things on your own. I'm going to be with you, but I can't live your life for you. I, I, I can't live your life in the way that you would like it to be done. You're going to be on your own in many ways, but the way that I'm going to be with you is by telling you that you've got me present through my Spirit, but I'm going to be present in your lives by you following the rules and the commandments and the guidance that I have given you. There's a reason why the Lord gave us these laws. We read it a little bit earlier. We heard it from our liturgist, from Marilyn. The Lord says, I'm the only God that you should have. Because God doesn't want to be replaced by anything else in our lives because then that thing will be more important than Him. God says, don't make an idol of anything in your life because I'm your God. I don't want you to start to worship an image. Don't make this book more important than I am. Because it's about me. What I mean is a lot of people will be very upset if I drop this book on the floor. Now, I don't want to do this because this thing will fall apart. But I've seen people treat their Bibles with more respect than they treat God. The Lord says, protect my name. Don't use my name in vain because when you use my name, you're actually using me. And there's a reason why we as Christians don't say, oh my God. Because that's not how we function as a Christian.
Because I'm actually calling on God when I say that. That's for the world, not for us. The Lord says you need to have time to rest. That's the fourth commandment. You need to have time to be with me. And that's why the Lord meant for us to be together on a Sunday or at least spend time during the week with Him that we can connect with Him because we do not do this, we will drift away from God. God said, honor your parents. He said, because if you don't honor them, how will you have guidance in your life? And He meant to honor parents that actually are guiding you within God's will. Don't honor a parent that's teaching you wrong. But you need to honor parents that are doing what God asks of parents also. God says, do not murder, because life is precious. My grandchild was born at 26 weeks. We've been fighting a battle. If the Lord provides next week, he will be 36. No, 32 weeks. Louise, 32. People abort their children when they are 22, 24 to 26 weeks. He's, had, he's been fighting to live. The Lord says don't kill. Respect life. Respect other people. And if you've had this issue in your life that you made a choice that's not the best, the Lord will forgive you. But there's a reason why the Lord says don't go this route because it's too painful. The Lord says sexually be very careful. I want you to, be, to succeed in your life. And that's why the Lord gave us sexual desires. But He says be very careful how you control them and how you manage them, because then I can't protect you. The Lord says, protect other people's things, their property. It's not yours to take. The Lord says, don't lie, because then no one can trust you. Then you lose your integrity. Then there's nothing that you can offer if people can't believe you. I, I swapped the last two, but then the last one. Don't covet. Allow people to have what you don't have and don't allow the fact that they have more than you have to eat you up alive. You try to do something to yourself or to the other person because it's difficult for you to see that they might have what you don't have. These rules are applicable not only to people that lived 5,000 or 3,000 or 2,000 years ago. They are applicable to us to 20 in 2020 because try to break one of them and try to prove God wrong you will discover your life turns sideways. That's why the Lord said, don't go to the left or to the right. Don't try to carve out your own path because that path will cause pain. If you lose your way, if you drive on a road and your car starts to skid off the road, I promise you, there's one word that's now applicable, trouble, to get your car back or not to end up in a ditch. That's what the living Lord is saying. He says, I want you to reach the promised place that I would like you to get to with your life, with relationships, with your finances, with yourself, with everything in life. I want you, your, your health. I want you to reach the promised place, but I can only get you, get you there when you stay within the rules. Henri, Ferdinand, that's my children. So you are going where? We're going downtown, Dad. Please drive safe. Keep right. Look at the lights. Don't drink. Don't drive. Don't, don't play with your phone. Don't do stupid things. Look at the cars. We've got weird people out there that can't drive. I hope you can drive. Do it well. The living Lord is saying to us, my child, I want you to get to where you want to be and I want to get you. But don't be stupid. Listen to me. 
Don't turn away to the left or to the right because that won't work. And therefore, my child, what, what I would like you to do is to keep this law of mine in your mouth. Now, if you read the Hebrew, what it actually means is to, is to talk about it. And actually to apply it because what we say is normally what we do. And, and what the Lord is saying to him is, you know, it doesn't help that the law is important to you, but you actually don't talk about this to others and to yourself and apply it to your life in many different ways. Because that's what we need to do. We need to apply this. And therefore, the second thing is to meditate upon, on, on it. So what we hear in the church, hear in the church, hear, is to figure out how I need to apply what I hear, here, there. <laughs> That's confusing. This English language is really strange. What I hear here in the building, I need to apply there. But I can't apply what I hear, here, there, if I don't think about this. You get it? So many people hear, hear what they need to do, but it stops when they leave that door. And they sit at this light and you can't get across this intersection for hours, isn't it? I do not know, but we've got this long line of cars that sits there and they can't get out of here. So I should stand there and preach a little bit more. Because you, you guys have lots of time to sit there waiting. What it means is that, that the Lord is saying to Joshua, Joshua and to Ferdy, if I want you to be patient, how are you going to be patient with that person in your office that drives you nuts? How are you going to be patient with a Guys on the road that constantly cuts you off and drives like crazy ones, are you going to lose your temper and start to do stupid things? Are you, or are you going to be able to control yourself? Thirdly, I want you to, to control certain desires that you have in your life. How am I going to apply it this week when I turn on my computer? And that's why I always say to young guys, your password for your computer should be what the Lord wants me to do today. I promise you, you won't go to a wrong site. Because your password will remind you to, to not to go there. You see, I need to apply what I hear. Otherwise, I'm like a child that's driving and forgot all the rules of the road. Final thing. To be prosperous and successful. Um, that sounds like my alarm clock. I hope I will wake up soon. I thought I was speaking in my sleep. <laughs> to be prosperous and successful. You know, to me, the most amazing thing is that God really wants us to be successful. People have this idea about God that wants to crush us. And, you know, and then things start going in the world. They say, God, what have you done to us? You know, and everything that goes wrong is God's fault. It's not His fault, it's our fault. He gave us the garden, we messed it up and we lost the garden. And what does God do through the whole Bible? He wants to get us back in the garden. And what is the garden? To be in the presence of God Almighty where He can take care of us in the way He always wanted to, without pain, suffering, distress, and all the issues that we have. But while we are not in the garden, the only way that God can put His arms around us like this to protect us like you and I do with our children or, our, or people that we love, the only way that God can do this is by saying, take me along on your journey. Don't leave me and what I've given you behind. I want you to be successful. 
God wants you to be successful in your relationships and have a great marriage one day if you get married. God wants you to be successful as a parent to have great kids one day if, if He provides for your children. God wants you to be successful in your work and with your finances. I've said this before. And almost every aspect of life, and therefore this book talks about every single thing that I've mentioned now. So there are two ways to look at relationships, sexuality, finances, anything. The way that the world tells us to do it, Oprah, Dr. Phil and these other guys. If I can do it the godly way, that's the hard way. You see, if you do it the godly way, you're going to fight with yourself constantly because you want to do it the world way. It's not easy. But if you stick to the God way, the Lord says, then I can help you get where I would like you to be, to the promised places. Remember for Israel, the promised land was not only one place, it was the promised places, many different things that God wanted to give them in this land that He brought them to. This is just my second final slide, and I'm not going to preach about this. I told you last week there are this issue with the two and a half tribes. So these two tribes were promised land on the east side of the Jordan. Israelites had to go through the Jordan to the west side, because that's where they had to be. So these guys could stay on the east side and say, we are not part of this battle you guys are going to fight, because we are home. And then Joshua went to them and said, remember what the Lord said? That even though your place is on this side, we need your help to be able to do what we need to do on the other side. And they said, that is what the Lord told us to do. We will do this. So Joshua, relax. And what were their last words to him? Be strong and courageous because the Lord is with you. That's just an example. How am I going to deal with life this week? With difficult people. With, with difficult family members. It's Mother's Day, but so many parents and so many people are struggling so much. Try the godly way. Try the godly way, and you will get there. I should have listened way more to my mother. What did she say? Don't know, I didn't listen. I should have listened way more to God. What did he say? A lot. But I never obeyed. That's the difference. That's the difference in reaching the promised places where God wants to get you. Or losing out on so much fun and joy and life that He wants to give all of us. Joshua, I'm with you. You're not alone. But the way I'm going to be with you is through my spirit and through the guideposts, my arms, my will and my law that will keep you safe. Amen.